Hey, 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 lovely moms of teens. It's Dr. Nikki. And I'm so excited to tell you that I am offering an additional one week, quick, efficient boot camps, the six steps to go from hostility to harmony with your teens and tweens from conflict to connection. It is going to be rapid and I have to offer it to you now because I'm leaving for Alaska in two weeks and I want to make sure that I get this information out to as many people as possible. So I'm offering this shortened and less expensive boot camp so that you guys could 10x what it is you're doing. Start on that road to a more peaceful home. I know you can do it. So go to drnikkinaridan.com backslash courses. Oh, and and by the way, for the first five people who sign up, they're going to get the special positive intelligence course straight to your smartphone. You will increase your mental fitness to such an incredible degree with this particular award-winning and revolutionary course that Shirzad Shamin offers. That's a 997 value. And oh, wait, I also want to give you guys a 20-minute mini session with me because I want as much contact with you as possible. Uh, wait, there's even more. I'm going to give you an ebook, my ebook, Shut Up and Act Dumb, a parent's guide to staying close and connected to your teens and tweens. After you're done with all this and one week, you will be so on the road to changing the trajectory of what is going to happen in your family with you and your teen's relationship. So go sign up now. There is no reason to wait. This is the best offer that I could possibly give, and I want everyone to have it. So pass it on as well. DrNikkiNaridan.com backslash courses. Hello, 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 my lovely parent friends. Apparently, we are still friends. And we're in episode six of the Shut Up and Act Dumb podcast, parenting from conflict to connection, from hostility to harmony, or any other state that you're in that you would like to be in at some point, getting through the river of misery to go get there. And we're still together. And I've had such great feedback about this podcast and people have told me that it's made a huge a huge difference just kind of changing the perspective or somehow looking at something differently or knowing that they can look at something differently and that that would be okay and that that's a possibility so i've gotten really really good feedback and since we're on episode six i'm thinking this is a thing i'm just going to keep continuing this I'm going to keep going and going until we get to the promised land, which is that kind of relationship that propels things forward for you guys between you all and also propels things forward for the world. So it's a thing. We're going to do it together. And I needed to sing a little bit. So I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about sarcasm. And the reason why I want to talk about it is that I just got back from my parents' house and my parents are getting old. Uh, my dad just broke his hip and now he is going through physical therapy, but it feels like he's kind of crumbling. So it's an interesting thing for us moms and parents of teens and tweens, not only trying to launch our children, but also take care of aging parents. So we're being pulled in many directions. And also whatever we're doing with our parents is kind of bringing up feelings 
about whatever happened for us when we were teens and tweens. Just because they're acting out in certain ways that they were probably acting out when we were living at home. And sometimes that acting out is not so great. So it turns out that my mother, who I find really funny, who I have a really great relationship with at this point, is very sarcastic. And she uses sarcasm in this really interesting way. It's almost like she's couching everything as a joke. So she wants to say what's on her mind, but then she doesn't really want to say it directly. So she uses a joking form in order to tell me what's going on with her. Now, I looked up the de definition of sarcasm, and there's a couple of definitions here. Uh, it's a form of humor that's marked by mocking with irony, sometimes conveyed in speech with vocal or overemphasis, insincerely saying something which is opposite of one's intended meaning, often to emphasize how unbelievable or unlikely it sounds if taken literally, thereby illustrating the obvious nature of one's intended meaning. So I love that word, obvious nature of one's intended meaning. It is clear what she meant. It is clear what was on her mind to say to me, but she didn't really want to say it. And she didn't want to take responsibility for saying it. And so again, it was said as a joke. The other part about it and kind of the flip side of it is that when I didn't understand what was going on because I had a teenage mind, I felt insecure about myself. I was worried whether people liked me or not, whether they were angry at me or not, whether I looked good or not. And so I would take that very literally and I would ask a question about it, or I might get upset about it, or I might yell back. And then her response would generally be, I was only joking. And when she said I was only joking, her meaning was that there's something wrong with you for either not being able to know that or not being able to handle it. Now, I'm wondering if you guys have had that same experience before. I know that I've had that experience numerous times. Now, jump to today with my teenagers now launching into adulthood. What I used to do with sarcasm, because I'm kind of a witty person, I like to make jokes. If I see things and I think they're funny, I'll make a comment about it, but often it's cutting. Often there's a little bit of an intent to hurt or to bring somebody's attention to whatever I'm talking about. But I realized that my children couldn't differentiate that. They didn't know if I was serious or not. Often they would take it personally. And I thought to myself, first of all, did I like when anybody was sarcastic with me? And I never did. I never quite got it. I was not at the level, nor do I know if I ever will be, that I would be able to let that stuff slide off me. And I couldn't. But then I thought about my daughter, who had very similar struggles to what I had. And if she, for even a second, thought that I was serious about what I was saying, and if I dug deep down, I realized that there was an intent. There was something I was trying to convey but I didn't want to say outright. Maybe I didn't want to have that fight with her. Maybe I wasn't sure if I wanted to say it and didn't want to commit to it. But the intent was there. And when I would dig deep 
to look and see if the intent was there. It always was. Now, I didn't believe it at first. I was very defensive about her getting defensive. I'm only kidding. And that was so funny that I would say that because that's exactly what was said to me. And I never liked it. I wasn't 100% sure whether they were kidding or not. But I would say I was only kidding and then she would feel bad. So not only did she feel bad about what she was trying to interpret about what I was saying, but she also felt bad because I said I was kidding and she should be able to take a joke or she should be able to somehow lift herself up or pull herself by her bootstraps and know that I was kidding, that she should be secure enough to know that. And there's something wrong with her not being able to be secure enough. Or maybe she doesn't have a sense of humor. That was the other thing I was thinking to myself. But when I realized that everything I said had a certain percentage of truth and that she was reading it in the way that she could interpret it for herself with some literal ability to think about it, that it wasn't worth it for her to even question whether I meant that or not. And I stopped all the sarcasm. And ever since I've stopped the sarcasm, things have gone much better. Because if I truly meant to say whatever it is I needed to say, then I had to say it. And I had to get back whatever feelings she was having about what I was saying. And I had to decide very intentionally if I wanted to say that or if I didn't want to say that. So it made me think. Now, some people don't like to have to censor what they're saying. They say, well, they should be tough enough. I shouldn't have to somehow censor what it is that I mean. I was only kidding. So there's some way in which we believe that our censoring is putting a kibosh on how we live our lives or what we're saying or how we say things. Almost as if we're being stuffed down, that we don't get to say what's on our mind. The truth is, is that often we don't get to say what's on our mind because it's not useful and it can be hurtful. The other thing that I'm thinking about is rather than saying, well, I don't get to say what's on our mind. And I know as adults, we feel like we want a hearing on whatever we want to say, because when we were young, we never got to say anything that was on our mind. Everybody stopped that from the moment we started. No, you don't get to say what's on your mind, but the adults seem to get to say what's on our mind. And we've been waiting our whole life to finally get to say what's on our mind. So if you could possibly reframe what it is that we get to do with our young people. So it's not that we shouldn't say what's on our mind or we have to stop saying what's on our mind or squash what it is our, that we're feeling. It's that we get to say what makes sense in order to make our young people feel empowered, feel as if they can go into the world knowing what they want to do without the questioning of whether we meant what we said or not, that we get to be thoughtful, that we get to be kind, that we get to be intentional. For these people that we brought into this world, who we love so dearly, who we want to see launch off into the world in a productive, meaningful, and loving way, 
We get to model it for them. We get to be careful around them and we get to be thoughtful around them. Now this is gonna be hard and this is gonna be tricky because again, nobody did that for us. So what I want us to do is I want us to really evaluate what it is that we're thinking when we want to say something that we know is cutting or we know could possibly hurt or if we turned it around and thought about if somebody said that to us, how we would take it. I want us to stop and notice. And then I want you to be very, very gentle and compassionate with yourself and say, whoa, hey, look what's coming to my mind. Do I need to say that? Is there anything dangerous going on that needs to be changed? Is there something in the future that if I don't correct this for some reason will make my child's life go bad? So we're evaluating in that moment. And then what I'd like you to do, because it's an in the moment thing, is to do a positive parenting rep. And remember that positive parenting rep is almost like something that jars us out of our head, a physical sensation that somehow gets our attention out of that back limbic prehistoric brain that is trying desperately to save us into our frontal cortex, that part of our brains that actually have been given to us so that we can think, we can evolve, we can plan, and we can move forward. So these positive parenting reps are a sensation that we can feel within our body. So you can use any one that you want. If you want, you can rub two fingers together with such attention that you feel the fingerprint there. Or you can feel the weight of your feet on the floor, depending on where you are. Or you can identify all of your toes, even wiggle them and get your mind off of what it was thinking and rounding in itself and recording and feeling like it needed to say. Once you get your mind off of that, and it should only take 10 or 15 seconds, I want you to go to what I call the sage mode. The sage mode is the one that actually gets things done through empathy, through compassion, through deep curiosity. So you don't need the judgment in order to get your children to somehow redirect. You need that sage perspective, the one that moves things through, like I said, empathy, curiosity, and passion. So I think the empathy portion of the sage might be the one that you can somehow call up at that moment once you do those positive parenting reps and get your mind off of that thing that you felt like you absolutely needed to say realize nothing dangerous has gone on and then bring forth your empathize power now that empathize power is the one that remembers your child before the age of 12. the one that knows that there is deep goodness there, that this child desperately loves you and wants your attention and wants you to feel good about them. And I want you to remember those beautiful things about that child. And then decide whether it makes sense to say anything or not. 
All right, that is what I have for you today. This is my last recording that I'm doing in New York. And then I'm heading back to Nome, Alaska. I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I'm a family doctor thinking about family systems, loving parent and children relationships. And I believe that the relationship between the parent and the child, especially your teenager, is almost like the fourth vital sign. If it's not going well, you will get sick. Your blood pressure will go up, your pulse will go up, you'll get anxious, you won't be able to take care of yourself. Some people even develop a fever. They get sick in their stomach. So just know that this is really important. And once you can parent with a managed mind, and I am gonna do everything I can to teach you how to do that, you will find your way to the promised land. The place where you will have a close connected relationship, where there is some peace at the home, and where you'll be able to find common ground to hang out with your young people with. All right, so I am gonna tell you what to do because now you have all of those tools that I just gave you. You're gonna to need to go to my website, drnikkinaritin.com, D-R-N-I-K-K-I-N-E-R-E-T-I-N.com and download my free ebook gift to you. That will get you on your way. I'm gonna give you everything that I know in order to get you there. Now, also, if you're interested in more support, especially with that ebook, I want you to join the Facebook group. It's a very supportive Facebook community. We are really kind to each other. It's also not a complete gripe session. I want people who are interested in changing their lives, making a difference, that actually have some wiggle room in their thinking in order to turn things around. If you just wanna complain, and complaining is okay, but let's see how quickly we can turn things around, then it might not be the place for you. But if you want people who can support you in moving from conflict to connection, then that is your place. And then either get yourself on the wait list or sign up for my next course, the parenting workshop, going from hostility to harmony or whatever you wanna say about it on that website. All right, I'm going to leave you with that, my lovely, wonderful parent friends. I love you and try no sarcasm. It's a no sarcasm zone. Try it for a week. See what happens. Try it for a month. I think it takes 21 days to actually get over a habit. And I think sarcasm is a habit. Okay, love you guys. <laughs>